Most religions share a belief that the body and spirit coexist until the body has perished and the spirit moves on into the afterlife. However, there are those that remain. Some stay with a purpose. Some are doomed to relive their own violent deaths. These spirits are one of the oldest aspects associated with Halloween. For generations to come, people will still gather around the campfire to tell the stories of ghosts. Welcome to 13 Degrees of Screams, where we watch and dissect your favorite spooky movies. I'm your host, Alex. And Stephanie. And this is a mostly horror podcast. Each season, we will rank 13 movies on a scariness scale from, you guessed it, 1 to 13. We will uncover the real-life myths and legends that inspire these movies and tell you just how authentic they are. This season, we watch movies all about ghosts. Ghost as a concept is based on the belief that a person or animal spirit exists independently from its body. In most major ancient cultures, as early as the Roman Empire AD, funeral rituals were believed to prevent ghosts from haunting the living, and it was assumed that ghosts are people that failed to make the transition from life into the afterlife. The sightings of ghosts were hardly a welcoming experience because it indicated something had gone terribly wrong, such as violent death, repressed emotions unfinished business, etc. And it was expected of the witness of that sighting to assist the spirit in getting back to where it belonged. Some of the most famous apparitions from the U.S. include that of Abraham Lincoln, Benjamin Franklin, Marilyn Monroe, the Crying Lady, the Lady in Black, and Resurrection Mary. The historic figures typically were cited in places that they haunted in life. Where they lived? Yes. So when you're, you're in your house, Stephanie, are you haunting your house, but alive? Yeah. This is a live haunt. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's I authentic. I haunt my house, but I'm alive. <laughs> With the creepy hands. <laughs> so, like, Marilyn Monroe haunts, I believe, the hotel she was in when she rose to stardom. It was the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel. Abraham Lincoln is often cited in the Lincoln bedroom that used to be his office at the time. And Benjamin Franklin... People say that they see him dancing around where his statue was. Okay. Yeah, and he also is spotted at the library, uh, like a local haunt, I guess would be the right <laughs> phrasing for... the library? Yes, it was the library at the American Philosophical, Philosophical Society. Philosophical? Philosophical? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So close. Uh, philosophical society. Falafels. <laughs> He's often at the falafel shop. I would be so mad, like Marilyn Monroe, if the place I haunted was a hotel and not like my house. I guess if that's like where you felt comfortable, though, like if imagine too, you're like a upcoming actor, actress. It's probably like the most exciting time of your life. Uh, I guess. I I want. Do you think ghosts pick where they haunt, or are they just kind of tied to? A location and like, sorry, you're stuck here. I heard it both ways because there's also like Anne Boleyn was mentioned as well in my research. The wife of Henry VIII and the mother of Queen Elizabeth I. And she was spotted where they executed her for treason and adultery and witchcraft and all that shit. It, but also she was spotted at her childhood home in like Kent, like a castle somewhere in Kent. Oh, so she was all over the place. Yeah, yeah. She just got to choose. She was a traveling girl. It's like whenever you hear about hauntings and ghosts, it's like they're in one spot, they're stuck there. Not that's in that like case. In popular culture, you know, that's yeah. what you hear. Yeah. So interesting. And with the ones that don't have a clear 
historical figure tied to them, like the crying lady. She was spotted by John Lennon from the Beatles multiple times in It's Where Rosemary's Baby was filmed, and it's in the Dakota. He would often see the apparition of a crying woman, like a weeping person. And then I guess after he died, he was spotted there himself. And I guess Yoko Ono, his wife, saw him as well. Interesting. And then as for the lady in black, she was the wife of a prisoner that tried to escape from Fort Warren on George Island. And she was executed for trying to free her husband. And he died in the escape, of course, so he was hung. And now she hangs about the fort where she was executed, haunting it, still in black robes that she wore to the gallows in 1862. (laughs) This one's the worst. Uh, And believing the bazaar covered it, of course, if you want a whole history. Resurrection Mary was one of the most famous ghosts of Chicago as the hitchhiking ghost. She was a girl that went dancing with her boyfriend in this O. Henry ballroom in Willow Springs, Illinois. And I guess they got in an argument and she went home or tried to, and she was hit by a unidentified driver. And her family buried her at this cemetery called Resurrection Cemetery. Oh, that sounds lovely. Great. So now multiple people in that area have picked up a girl in a white dress that just vanishes as soon as they pass that cemetery. Mm. No, no, not like that. <laughs> None for me, no. That's, that's creepy. Yeah. So those are just some examples of popular ghosts, you know, the it crowd of ghosts. <laughs> the scene. Yes. And for types, there are several common types of ghosts, one of which is the poltergeist, and it's the rarest form. Hmm, poltergeist. <laughs> From what I know about poltergeists, are they actually ghosts, though? I heard they were like energy. Well, I do know that poltergeist, the word, is German for noisy ghost, mm. and mostly just like loud knocking sounds and lights turning off and slamming of doors. But in most recorded cases, these things start to escalate and get more dangerous as time goes on. Sometimes people think that whoever is being affected by the poltergeist is somehow controlling it unintentionally because of the energy or whatever they're bringing to the situation, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, what I read about poltergeists before is like they just come and then they could go. Just they'll start last a while and I could just stop. just I'm out which that is, was a nice vacation yeah for me. <laughs> which is so weird it's such a weird thought because you know when you think of hauntings and stuff it's just they're there forever just always haunting right and another type of ghost the most common spotted ghost is that of a deceased person usually this is like a family member or you know someone you knew and it can be friendly or not but they also look more or less like the people they were in real life. Mm -hmm. Also, they can be recognized by like a perfume or cigar or whatever. So then you kind of get the sense of the person, Mm -hmm. even if you don't see them physically. Another type would be ectomist. Ectomist? Uh, Yeah. And I didn't know this was a thing. I guess paranormal investigators have seen a sort of mist or cloud, like vaporous cloud. And it usually appears like several feet off the floor. And it's sort of like a precursor for when ghosts will actually appear. Sometimes it's black, white, gray, you know, whatever. Just choose a color. (laughs) I wonder, first of all, I've only ever heard of ectoplasm, not ectomist. 
But makes sense. It says ectoplasm or ectomist. Oh, okay. okay. So same thing. I wonder if the color of it has to do with like their aura. Yeah, maybe. I could see that. But it's most commonly captured in photographs. Yeah. Okay. So same thing. I've never heard it called ectomist. That's so yeah. interesting. Only ectoplasm. I know about that. <laughs> I don't know. Whenever I think ectoplasm, I think of like ghost vomit, I guess. <laughs> Goopy, slimy yeah. boogers. Ghost boogers. That's what it is. Yes. So another one that's commonly captured in pictures and if you ever go house hunting definitely search through those pictures for them or orbs orbs yeah if you see those little bright balls in your pictures you just might want to swipe left on that house like no 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 no. is that dust or is that a dead person yeah who knows but do you want to take your chances no i don't (laughs) so it is believed that these orbs are the souls of a human or animal just kind of floating about and they'll often like zigzag around and sometimes they are a precursor as well for a full body apparition but eh, most likely in photos (laughs) and then lastly there is funnel ghost i've never heard of this but i guess they're spotted in old historical buildings usually and the funnel ghost is like a vortex frequently associated with a cold spot that sounds like a weather pattern yeah ghost tornado right that's what it is right it usually takes on the form of a swirling funnel and paranormal experts believe that it's like a loved one returning to visit or former resident of the home and just like a little light wisp of Light. Interesting. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna come back as a ghost tornado. Yeah, if, if I, I think that's pick. the most fun. <laughs> no ghost boogers. No mist. No orbs. Tornado. That's yeah. the way I'm coming back and hunting. I think you. I'd enjoy being an orb. I'd just be like <laughs> photobombing everybody. <laughs> just floating through. Hi guys. Yeah, but no, I I get the ghost funnel. Ghost funnel. Interesting. Yeah. So, anything else you'd like to discuss about the research I brought to bear? No, I just, I think ghosts is one of the most popular, like, horror tropes. and Definitely. Like, everyone see I don't want to say everyone, but a lot of people tend to have, like, paranormal experiences. Like, you could find one person that has, like, oh, I experienced something. Oh, yeah. It feels like every one out of two. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And, I mean, even I have seen things, not to go into super detail, but I've seen a ghost woman walk through my bathroom. Not okay. So needless to say, I believe in something ghost related. What about you, Steph? I've heard knocking. I've heard mostly in my house, honestly. It might be because of my husband and now my uh, podcast choices. But yeah, we always determine it to be more of like a fae kind of situation, though, rather than a fairy. Yeah, because it's more mischievous things like things going missing and (laughs) stuff falling. The poltergeist. It could be as well. That's what it is. I hope not, because then it's just going to get bad. (laughs) Yeah. So, Stephanie, what was the criteria when picking these movies for the season? Well, we discussed it had to be a movie that's solely focused on a ghost. It couldn't just be, oh, look, there's a ghost. Now let's get back to our romantic love story or something or whatever. It mainly had to be the main creature that the story was focused on or... A living person was trying to defeat or whatever. Yeah. I think the one thing we came up with was it had to be someone who was alive, a person, and then no longer alive. And, like, that's what it is. Not, like, a demon or something along those lines. Like, it had to be a human at some point. It is surprising how often I searched 
like a haunting movie or whatever, and it was just like, mm, it's mostly a demon. It's a demon. Yeah, like we looked at a bunch of different lists of top 10 ghost movies, and some of them were like iffy, like it could go a different way. And sometimes we had one that slipped through the cracks. <laughs> yeah, even our first movie we'll get to in the discussion is questionable. Yeah. And despite the title, right? <laughs> you're like, at the end, I was like, I feel like this could have gone elsewhere. Yeah. Which is really interesting. I guess it could have an honorable mention somewhere else <laughs> later on. Maybe. But with that, do you want to tell everyone what our first movie was? Yes, we did Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Yes, you, you cannot do a ghost season without right. Ghostbusters. It, it, Who are you going to call? <laughs> Ghostbusters. What are they busting? Ghosts. Ghosts. You have to do Ghostbusters. Yes. In our preliminary ranking, I ranked this 6 out of 13 on our scary in the scale. Where did you have it? I had it at an 8. So it seems like we had it in middle of the pack. Yeah. I think it's just because other stuff kind of buffered it forward. Yeah. The one thing I found about ghost movies is I feel like this season out of any of the other seasons has such a wide range of movies. Definitely. Kid movies to... I'm going to die watching this movie kind of a thing. Right. I don't think many other topics will kind of have such a wide range of movies, which is so interesting because, like, ghosts and death is such a serious topic. Yes. And like you said, it's a very wide range. Like, ghosts are always going to be somewhat creepy, but there's just such a wide range of emotions throughout all these movies that, like, there's going to be a romance. There's going to be a murder and stuff like that. There's It's, it's a wide genre. Yeah, it really is. This, Like I said by far has the most options. Like, we had to pick 13, but there's hundreds and hundreds of movies that deal with ghosts <laughs> that we could do, you know, Ghost Part 2, Part 3, Part 4 right. down the road. There's just so many options, and it was just really fascinating to really step back and be like, there's a lot of kid movies that fall under this, so yeah. which we will cover, you know, later in the season. But, yeah, they have Ghostbusters, like, almost in the middle is, was really interesting. Right. So would you like to tell us a little bit about the background of Ghostbusters? Yes, I can. So, for those of you who don't know, Ghostbusters is a 1984 American supernatural comedy film. So this movie gears more towards the comedy side of Ghosts. It stars Bill Murray as Peter Vinkman, Dan Aykroyd as Ray Stans, and Harold Ramis as Egon Spengler, who are all three eccentric parapsychologists who start a ghost-catching business in New York City. It also stars Sigourney Weaver and Rick Moranis and features Annie Potts, William Atherton, and Ernie Hudson in supporting roles. So Dan Aykroyd actually conceived Ghostbusters as a project starring himself and John Belushi, but Belushi died back in 1982, and Dan Aykroyd's concept was deemed financially impractical because the concept was more they would venture through time and space battling supernatural entities, so it wasn't just in New York City, which ended up being the main plot. That's uh, fascinating. I didn't know it was his idea. Yeah, this is all like Dan Aykroyd's baby. Oh. But it was much more, the original concept would have been much more heavily effect-based and like a b- bigger adventure. Right. But it would have been, I mean, back in 1980s, it was, you know, CGI was, I don't even know where CGI was. It was more like practical effects, you yeah, know. Yeah, so, so like, let's like scale it down from like saving the universe to just saving New York City. Yeah, <laughs> basically was the concept. So, you know, the movie got pushed for a little bit, and then came back up with, you know, the new actors. Right. It was the first comedy film to employ expensive special effects, and it had, uh, they actually had little faith in the movie. Really? Yeah, they didn't think it was going to do very well, but 
It was actually released to critical acclaim on June 8th, 1984, and it became a cultural phenomenon. So, Obviously. <laughs> yeah, I feel like everyone has heard of Ghostbusters at some point. Like, the right. theme song is iconic. Yes, it's, and they play it throughout the movie the whole time. <laughs> yeah, and they spawned TV shows, cartoons, sequels. toys, sequels. That one just came out a couple years ago. The Afterlife. remake, yeah. The remake. So Ghostbusters was huge, and it was well received for having a blend of comedy, action, and horror. And the performances of all the cast was praised. It earned almost three hundred million during its initial theatrical release which made it the second highest grossing film of 1984. And then it became the highest grossing comedy ever up until that point. Wow. And just a fun fact, Ghostbusters was actually considered one of the first blockbusters, which is especially weird for it to be considered a comedy film too. So just to inform me and humor me, I guess (laughs) what, what kind of falls under the definition of a blockbuster then? I'm just the financial. Oh, okay. You know, gain of it and just like the cultural relevance of it. And it wasn't usually given to comedies? No, it was really rare for a comedy film to hit that kind of success. Okay. but Probably like action movies, more or less? Yeah, but honestly, again, I kind of noted that it's a good blend of all that. It's very action-packed. Right. It's funny, scary at times, honestly. Some of the visuals are like, ooh. Yeah, it's obvious why it made that jump. Yeah, so there's some background on Ghostbusters. Okay. So the movie focuses on Columbia University parapsychologist Peter Venkman, Ray Stantz, and Egon Spangler. And in the very beginning, they get a call about a sighting at the New York Public Library of a ghost. And the ghost is just just your calm, ordinary lady librarian just floating about, she's doing a, her work. She's just a lady. Although I do want to say, speaking of ectomist and plasm, there was goopy... All over the library cards. She was not cleaning up after herself. No, she done sneezed on everything, gooped up the place, yeah. and then she has the nerve to shush them. Right. Excuse me, lady. Yes. And they try to get a reaction out of her, I guess. They approach her with their little paranormal gun I thing. I think it just detects it. Like, it's just detecting. Okay. So she shushes them and tries to go about her day, I guess. But mainly Peter, I think, upsets her. And she reveals herself to be quite the not-librarian lady. <laughs> no, they count to three. And they're like, blah. And then she, like, morphs into this crazy looking witchy creature gross thing and then they run out screaming because I definitely would too first of all I would have walked away just (laughs) seeing a woman let alone this grotesque creature with scary face I don't know (laughs) right and I guess they're just trying to record the sighting just for proof they're basically just trying to show existence of ghosts yes because the university dean dismisses their research and fires them right after because he thinks it's stupid I've been like Go to the library right now. He's still down there. Right. I could show you the slime. Like, that made no sense. I'm yes, because like, there's so much physical evidence. Yeah. Even without her being there. There's still, like, how do you explain all this, like, goop just sitting about? I would love to hear them right. try to explain what that could be. Yes. Could go many ways, and I don't want to hear any of it. <laughs> So without funding, they're forced to go and set up shop in a refurbished old firehouse where they open a paranormal investigation and elimination service. Called? Called Ghostbusters. Something like that. Who's going to call? 
Ghostbusters! <laughs> so at first it's kind of slow. They do have one notable paranormal encounter in the apartment of Chalice. Dana Barrett, who Dana is Barrett. Sigourney Weaver. Yes. She calls Ghostbusters, but it looks like Peter Venkman is more after a date than actually investigating her apartment. <laughs> yeah, he's the one who takes the call. It's just him. Yeah. And you want to tell everyone what Dana experienced? Dana experienced, like, the mouth of hell opening up in her refrigerator. And it's like, zoom. <laughs> yeah, it was like this pyramid temple thing with demonic dogs. And the one utters the word, Zool. Yes. Peter Venkman's not concerned about that at all. No. And doesn't go to the fridge that she tells him that she sees it in. Just noses about her apartment trying to get her to go on a date with him. Yeah, he like dismisses her. Not like dismisses her, but it's not taking any of this seriously. Eggs fry on her. Yeah, it, clearly mind. stuff is going on. Right. It's not just a hysterical woman. No. And he's dismissing it. Purely because he's trying to get a date out of this. I'm like, bro. He is also, I would say, the least interested Ghostbuster. He seems like he's already so over it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, Dan Aykroyd's character, Ray, he's very, very into it. Egon. And Peter just seems like the tag along. Yeah. Sort of like you do, like, a group project with a bunch of friends and Mm -hmm. your one friend is just kind of there for to be the warm body. Yeah. That's Peter Vinkman. But he's supposed to have, like, probably the most prowess when it comes to information about this. Yeah. No. No. So he's just very, like, blasé about the whole situation. Right. So basically with the whole Dana and Peter thing, they just kind of leave it at that. There's, like, an investigation, but doesn't really turn up anything. He still wants the date. She's like, nah, I still want you to handle the ghost issue or whatever is going on in my fridge. And they're just like, let's talk about this later. So they go to a hotel that has this gluttonous ghost called Slimer at the Sedgwick Hotel, causing chaos. So they haven't tested out their equipment properly because they have little jumpsuits and guns and stuff with that shoot rays at things. Yeah, (laughs) science stuff. Yes, science. And Egon does specifically warn the group that crossing their energy streams of the proton pack weapons could cause like a catastrophic explosion, like goodbye New York kind of explosion. But they do manage to capture the ghost after completely wrecking this hotel. And it's captured in this ecto containment unit that they're keeping under the firehouse. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about Slimer really quick because it's like this green blob with arms And a distorted, grotesque, huge mouth. And I'm like, what did you look like as a human? Like, what made you turn into this? I have a similar theory about another movie we're going to watch that it almost seems like you lose your identity as a ghost, like the longer you're dead. Mm -hmm. And then you just kind of go like devolve into your like most basic form. And you're just kind of like cartoonish after a while. Yeah, like more of a... I don't want to say... Simar wasn't necessarily, like, a cartoonish version or, like, what you typically think of a ghost, because it's not, but it's, you know, when you... It doesn't have, like, a human characteristic, though. Yeah, like, a cartoon ghost you think of just the white sheet or whatever the case may be. He's more towards that spectrum than a human. He looks nothing like a human. Right. Probably about the size of a large cat, like, just kind of floating about, (laughs) like a big blob. I thought that was very interesting, just the difference between the librarian being, like, Holy human, minus the transformation part. Right. And then Slimer, who's just a straight up green glob. They have like a big variety of ghost types in the movie. Mm-hmm. But 
after they successfully capture this ghost, it seems like supernatural activity rises in the city and they become more popular and they're getting calls left and right Mm -hmm. to the point where they have to hire on another person, the fourth member, and they hire Winston Zedmore. And because they they are not sleeping, like they're getting so many calls and their secretary is... (laughs) pissed at them all the time for taking their calls. She has to do her job. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Also, there's like a little side quest with the Environmental Protection Agency. They're suspicious of the Ghostbusters and want them to disband. They don't like that they've captured these ghosts or whatever, so they just release them. Yeah, for what it's worth, I kind of understand the concern here. Like, none of this stuff, the Ghostbusters barely tested it. So, like, no one knows what the ramifications of this. Because they store these ghosts in, like, the chamber thing. Who knows what could happen? Right. Just filling up this, I don't know, vat. They don't really show it. They just shove it in the wall kind of a thing. Yeah. From the capture device. Yeah, you don't really see what's going on underground or wherever their containment unit is. We don't see, like, the cells or whatever they're contained in. And to be fair, they are, like max capacity already when this guy comes about. Right, just because of how much paranormal activity has been happening. Right. So I guess these inspectors are more or less just wanting to check out their equipment and do some research on it, but it ends up blowing up in their face and they just release them. Yeah, well, yeah, they shut it down. Yeah. And that releases all the ghosts. That they had already caught. Right. So that's going on, so it's just... A mess out there. But Peter, again, meets with Dana and informs her of what they found on Zool. And according to their research, they found that he was a demigod worshipped as a servant to Gozer the Gozerian, a shape-shifting god of destruction. And upon returning home, she's just chilling. And then all of a sudden, her kitchen door, it's like one of those old-fashioned like swinging doors or something. You just see it light up. And all of a sudden, this demon dog is in the doorway and just possesses her. Yeah, so she's in, like, a chair, and all these, like, hands start ripping out of the chair. And they're, like, yeah. dark, clawed, demon-looking hands, and the, the chair gets dragged through the doorway. I didn't want to mention the reason this is happening to Dana specifically. Mm-hmm. It's because of the way the building was built. There was a Gozer-worshipping cult that built this house. The leader built the house. And the way the metal or something was built, it became this, like, hub to basically summon Gozer. Gozer, yeah. Yeah. And her apartment's just, like, right at the center of it. Right. So that's why that's why this is happening to Dana. Because in the, in the beginning of the movie, it just seems really random this is happening to her. But then you find out, oh, no, this building was built literally by a cult of Gozer. Yes. And it's built perfectly to summon this... God. Right. So now she is claiming to be the gatekeeper. And uh, when Peter shows back up, she's like, are you the key master? And he's like, I'll be whatever you want me to be. (laughs) I mean. (laughs) But he can clearly tell she's possessed. And he's just like, sure. (laughs) Yeah. She's like floating on the bed, turning. She's like, there is no Dana, only (laughs) Zool. He's like, can I have my girlfriend back? Apparently they're dating now at this point. He's a little too flamboyant with that. Like, just like, Mm -hmm. yeah, she's my girlfriend, sort of. (laughs) Yeah. And then it's important to mention uh, Dana's neighbor. Yes. Because he's a little nerdy guy played by Rick Moranis. 
There is the other demon dog named Vince Clortho, which is such a strange... I thought they said Vince. For the I thought so, time. too. I thought it was Vince, and I was like, that's such a... Why does he get to be Vince? <laughs> I, no, it's Vince, V-I-N-Z. Nerdy guy, the other demon dog possesses him and he's the, the key, key master. master yes so the the two of them need to meet up to actually unleash gozer basically well they need to connect physically she is looking for <laughs> she's looking for his key anybody you know <laughs> so i guess though egon and ray kind of try to keep them apart for a while but peter's like no we should have these two meet up like yeah. it'll be so fun no that's not no that's that. not a good idea peter but they are copulating, I guess, while the investigator returns with law enforcement and has the Ghostbusters arrested. And it's so funny to watch them like in holding with all the other prisoners because they're trying to plan around how to help the city and what's going on with this whole Gozer thing. Mm-hmm. So they have like a blueprint of Dana's building laying out. But the other inmates are like gathering around like, yeah, yeah. we should do that. <laughs> yeah, no, not you guys, us. Right. But... Ultimately, they convince the mayor to let them go. Right. They have the mayor brings in a priest, I guess he's really fond of, or his priest. Mm -hmm. And they basically convince him on the fact that if you give us one day to do it and we succeed, you'll definitely get reelected. Yeah. (laughs) If not, we'll just go back to prison. It's nothing off your nose. Like, yeah. Basically, they're like, yeah, if you let us do this, you become the hero. Right. You will be reelected. I'm like, ah. Manipulation. (laughs) So with permission from the mayor, they call in like the National Guard, police. They have like a police escort to Dana's building. And there's like people crowded around here, like cheering them on. I'm like, people, go home. You're facing the apocalypse potentially, which is crazy. Like we go from like just ghost sightings to now we're trying to defeat a god. Yes. Which... How we got here? It is really a zero to 100 in, in five seconds. Yes. Because it's no longer ghost. It's just demons, really. Just a demon that's causing more ghosts to come because of the, I don't know, supernatural forces. Mm-hmm. So they travel to her apartment and Dana, Zul, and Louis Vins mm-hmm. have opened the gate between the dimensions and transform back into these demonic dogs though yeah so, so they're like at the top of the building now yes and like it's like this, at the roof yeah it's like this giant door almost looking thing opens and then you see the pyramid building that dana saw in her fridge right and it's like this large staircase in this woman <laughs> that it's supposed to be androgynous like yeah. sexless yeah individual does look more female, but it doesn't really matter because it's it's a shape-shifting. It could be anything it wants to be. Right. So the Ghostbusters arrive just as Gozer is appearing. And they try to attack her with their their beams and, you know, like, don't, don't cross the streams and all that stuff. But she disappears and you can kind of hear her disembodied voice like, choose the form of the destructor. <laughs> yeah, so basically the way Gozer works is it comes to whatever realm that it wants to. And basically the citizens pick its form to destroy them. That's so weird to it's me. So weird. It's kind of like, yeah, you get to pick. <laughs> but I'm still going to kill you kind of a thing. Right. So the Ghostbusters like, okay, clear your mind, clear your mind. Don't and, think of anything, don't. <laughs> and then Ghostbusters like, the form has been chosen. And everyone's like, wait a minute, you didn't think of anything, did you? And Ray's <laughs> like, 
Oh, yeah, I did. Oh, yeah, I, I, I thought of something. And he thought of the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. In defense, he's like, I just thought of something pure. Yeah. there's. I mean, honestly, I don't think there's ever been a time in my whole life where my mind has not been thinking of a thought. Right. So, like, I would... It would be impossible to empty my head, yeah, at yeah. that time. What are they supposed to do? Just not think of anything for... Whatever. And I almost wondered if it wasn't going to be them. Like, would it just be one of the citizens down below? Like, they could have imagined something way worse than the Marshmallow Man. (laughs) Right. So, I don't know. But, yeah, Ray screwed up real bad. Yeah. So, she takes the form of this gigantic, stay-puffed Marshmallow Man. And, like, Godzilla just starts destroying buildings. (laughs) Yeah, he's huge. Yes. And if you've never seen the stay-puffed Marshmallow Man, very similar to the Pillsbury Doughboy. Right. He's a big, puffy... He's made of marshmallow. Yes. He's very cuddly looking until he looks unhappy. Yes. But he is very cute. Right. It's a very iconic scene of this giant marshmallow dude walking down. Right. If you haven't seen the movie, just look up the images. Again, this is a ghost movie we're talking about. Right. Now we're battling a giant... Demon god thing. Kaiju size (laughs) Dave Puff marshmallow dude. Right. Where where are we? How did we get here? Yeah. So Egon then says, like, forget what I said earlier about crossing the streams with the proton energy. Let's just do that and see what happens. So they kind of say their goodbyes. They think they're going to die. Yeah. So because the Stay Puff man at this point is like clawing at the building they're at. So basically, if they cross the streams, there's going to be an explosion. So right. That's their thought. And what happens when you set marshmallow on fire? What happened? S'mores. I don't know. S'mores. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie has never seen a s'more before, never tasted a s'more before. She has no idea what happens when you roast a marshmallow. It melts. Spoiler, the Stay Puft Man melts. They cross the stream. Well, I, he, he, <laughs> I don't know. When he said melts, I, I didn't see him as melts. I just thought of it. Like, he explodes, and then there's just, like, goopy marshmallow everywhere. Yeah, because he melted. So I guess that's true. He wasn't s'mores, <laughs> unfortunately. So he melts. And somehow the Ghostbusters survived this ordeal. They're yeah. Fine. Turns out it was what they needed all along. Yeah. And it wasn't like, it was a big explosion, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't like ending the city explosion. It was right. Just like a, at the top of the building. Yes. And it also encased Dana and Lewis, is that his name? Yeah. So basically, I don't, the demon dog things, they were, we didn't mention this before, but they were statues. On top of the building, and they, like, broke out of the statue. Now they're statue again. They're, like, hardened. Right. So they think they're, like, gone forever because they're solid. (laughs) Yeah. But no, because it starts breaking apart, and Dana and Lewis are inside. Yes. So they're fine. So they went from statue to dog to Dana (laughs) slash Lewis to dog. To, to statue. statue to Dana and Lewis again. It's the circle of life. So, I don't know. That's what happened. <laughs> Very strange. So, they pull them out of the wreckage of these statues and they walk down on the streets and everyone is celebrating them and Dana and Peter kiss. And she looks only half interested in yeah, it. Well, there's globs of marshmallow in her hair. She's yeah. dirty. That's the last thing anyone want to be doing. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I was just transformed into a demonic dog after being possessed by this thing. I just had sex with my creepy neighbor. Like, like no, no, no. <laughs> I'm good. But no. Because we know Peter. All he wants is that little kissy kiss. Right. Read the room, dude. Yeah. But they are celebrated as heroes. And then they play out the theme. It's great. In the neighborhood. Who you gonna call? 
Ghostbusters. <laughs> so, Stephanie, had you seen Ghostbusters prior to us watching it for the podcast? Oh, it's been many years, but yes. Yes, yeah. essentially. I've seen this movie so many times. It's actually my sister's, one of her favorite movies. So, I've seen it a lot, but not in recent years and much more when I was a kid. And I don't know. It was I liked it, don't get me wrong. But I remember the ending being way more adventurous, I guess you could say. Like, it kind of just, like, Stay Puft shows up and then they blow it up. Right. I remember more going on. I guess maybe with all the the ghosts being released, I could see that because they are kind of wrecking the town like alongside when Gozer shows up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I kind of agree though. Honestly, too, I remember it as a kid without streaming. Like I would always watch it on cable, so I always saw it kind of in bits and pieces. I did see the whole thing, but always like one part and then another part. And I always thought of it as kind of disjointed from how the jumps they make from investigating a haunting at a library to the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Very wild. Yeah. Like, do you like the movie? I do. It was fun. Mm-hmm. How about you? I like it, yeah. It's not, like, one of my favorites, personally, but I have such nostalgia for it that I like it. Right. Peter kind of gives me the ick most of the time, though. Like, he's just kind of cringy. Yeah, I think, especially nowadays, that character is probably would be more criticized than it was, you know, back... I I know everyone loves Bill Murray, though. Right. Back in the 80s, he's like, oh, yeah, he's creepy. He's like, you know... But mm-hmm. I feel like back then it was more accepted. He's more of a character. Yeah. He's yeah. More like, oh, he's just being pushy and mm-hmm. whatever. But it's Bill Murray. Right. Like, come on. He's still charming, obviously. Yeah, for but... sure. <laughs> but just like a little pushy. Yeah, a little. A little too much. So let's talk about some of the sightings that sporadically happened through the movie that we ended up not really focusing on right. in the plot. So it looks like most ghosts in the movie have the ability to move objects and leave behind a gooey residue. Mm-hmm. And typically they float and have a faded kind of iridescent look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like with the woman at the beginning, she looked just like a woman, but she was floating and you could see through her. And then, like, I, we talked about Slimer, very... He was, like, solid for the most part, it seemed. I thought he was kind of, like, a greenish, though, like, iridescent. I Maybe I'm misremembering. Yeah, but. well, regardless, very different. And then when all the ghosts were being released, we saw the one ghost taxi, and he was, like, a skeletal, decaying-looking dude. Yeah, I was like, that's just a zombie. That's yeah. not a ghost. Mm-hmm. There was also, like, a little spark of a ghost that like flew up into a taxi and maybe it was the that, that same was thing yeah. yeah so when they're being released they were like flying like it's just like i guess little effects. orbs i guess would be the word yeah and then they were like they were like manifesting in places and then like ray had a dream like he was having mm. relations with a ghost lady yeah and she just looked like a woman too right so it's just this movie any kind of ghost you could think of probably exists in this universe yes obviously It seemed like most could resemble a normal person if they chose, Mm -hmm. but also looked monstrous in form when they were threatened or, you know, whenever attacked. Definitely like different levels. And I guess since Zul is on the loose, the paranormal energy is strong amongst the city. Yeah, that's why everything was ramping up as the coming of Goozer. Right. They thought they were just like increasing in popularity, but it's also just the fact that there's so many. Yeah. I did want to real quick go into the lore of Gozer because I kind of alluded to before when we were thinking about our criteria where it had to be like a human that died if that was the main enemy. Arguably, this 
may have not fallen under the ghost category because Gozer's a god. Yeah. It's called Ghostbusters, but the main antagonist. Should be Godbuster. Godbuster, yeah. <laughs> so it's very weird. So Gozer travels to different dimensions. So in this universe, there's different worlds. In one of the scenes, Lewis, who is possessed by Vins, goes on and on about the forms Gozer took in other dimensions. Oh. Did you miss I, that part? I noticed he was like when they had him captured there in their little office for a while, he was just kind of rambling to himself and yeah, so I didn't really focus on it because I thought it was just incoherent babbling. No. So he was going through all the different forms Gozer took. Oh, really? In different worlds. So in the one scene Lewis is going on, he says, during the rectification of the Valdrani, Gozer came as a large and moving torb. A torb. What's, what's a torb? Okay, this is what a torb is. I did some research. It is likely that a torb is some kind of otherworldly inanimate object or some kind of blasphemous mammoth beast. So that's what Gozer took the form of there. Then during the third reconciliation of the last of the Mechatrix supplicants, they chose a form of a giant slur. And a slur are rather large reptilian beasts not from this world. So you get some of the lore in just that one line that Gozer goes on and... Maybe that's why I thought of it as incoherent babbling, because you don't really just, off the top of your head, know what a slur is. Right. (laughs) I mean, for all intents and purposes, it is incoherent babbling, but Lewis is going into... The history, yeah. Those are the last two things that Gozer took the form of. Oh. And inscribed on the temple walls of the Gozerian temple, there are predicted years of when Gozer returns. So we have 1381, 1432, 1501, 1596, all the way to 1984. And then the most recent one was in 2021. So, and then the one after that will be 2134. Well, So, like, Gozer comes at very specific dates. So. Weird. Mm Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Gozer was noted as the absolute ruler of the sixth dimension. Whatever that is, (laughs) Gozer is the ruler of that. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. So there we go. But loves to visit every, mm, how many years? 12 years or whatever? (laughs) (laughs) I did have an interesting fact about the Enfield haunting case. Oh, okay. In that case, a medium named Annie Shaw was brought to investigate. While in a trance, she moaned, Gozer, Gozer, help me, LV, come here. So Gozer was a thing in that case. Not the Gozer of Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters, but I think Dan Aykroyd took inspiration from... From that case. But who's the real Gozer then? Right. Ooh. Creepy. Yeah. So just an interesting little fact. So how do you think it ranked now that you've watched it again? Well, we have nothing to rank it against currently. So I'm going to keep it where it is right now. Yeah. I, I don't think it's a particularly scary movie. There's some scary imagery with the librarian transforming. The demon dogs could be kind of creepy. I remember thinking the dogs were a little creepy as a kid. Yeah. So I think it's PG-13, I believe. So I think that's a good age range. Like I want to let your little kid watch it. But it's also funny. So I yeah. think it's a good mix. Yeah. I agree. I'm pretty comfortable with how I rated it before mm-hmm. with nothing to compare it to. <laughs> right. We'll have to see how this ranks against our next week's movie. So you have to tune in to see how it stacks up. Yes. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show and listened to it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Please give us a five-star rating because that is super helpful. And you can find us on social media using 13 Degrees of Scream. This has been 13 Degrees of Screams, and we will see you next creep. It's a pun on week. <laughs>